Welcome back to the Bloom Line. It's your host and content creator, Michelle And we are back for another episode of King's Bloom 2. Thank you all so much for all the positive feedback. Even some of the not-so-positive feedback that I've been getting on this series thus far. That's the reason why we're having these forms of conversations, because we do want to spark something in your core that makes you want to think and want to have conversations about some of the topics that we're discussing. So whether it's good or bad, I appreciate it. Thank you for everyone who shares and um, have been inviting people to listen to the podcast as well. Shout out to all my queens who are supporting this uh, series and also some of the men um, who also have reached out and, and said thank you for this series. So I'm super excited to have our guest on today. We have another phenomenal man who's going to be sharing um, a lot about his perspective on some of the topics that we're discussing. And I want him to go ahead and introduce himself. I don't want to steal his Hey, Michelle, thank you uh, very much. Um, my name is uh, Elliot Sykes. Uh, currently, um, I live in Salt Lake City, Utah. I'm originally from uh, north of Boston um, in a town called Andover, Massachusetts. I've uh, been out here in Salt Lake since 2004. Um, let's see. I, uh, I'll, I'm 40 now. I'll be 41 in August. Um, and yeah, I'm uh, looking forward to, to having this conversation. So thank you for um, inviting me on. Yay, I'm excited. We met through mm -hmm. a mutual friend that obviously lives in Salt Lake City, Utah, because I'm not originally yeah. from there so um princess is awesome she's kind of been kind of linking me up with some amazing um men who wanted to be a part of this podcast and so here we are so i'm really excited thank you so much for coming on and, and willing to open up about these That's topics so i know how princess actually mm -hmm. met you was she heard you talking or i don't know if you were given like a a talk or something about um, toxic okay. masculinity. And uh, while you were in that session, I guess is when she texted me, she's like, oh my God, you have to interview Elliot. He's amazing. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about like, you know, your experience with what toxic masculinity is like that sure. talk and like what, what, well, you know. That yeah. So, um, so I believe that talk, I'd been approached by, uh, members of the Black Student Union um, on uh, on campus at the University of Utah, and um, they approached me to talk about toxic masculinity. And I can't remember exactly uh, what time of year it was. I believe it was the winter, just because it, it was getting uh, dark really, really early. But um, but yeah, I was in conjunction with a bunch of other things they were trying to put together, um, and so. They asked me to give a talk on toxic masculinity, and then I think a couple of days later, um, they were doing um, a, a more, I guess, women-focused um, discussion. So trying to pair, you know, these two things, and um, you know, I think, you know, I came to this term um, as an academic. Um, I'm in grad school right now, uh, trying to get a PhD in education, and um, so a lot of my experience, um, I think, has been kind of reading about it um, and then, you know, reflecting um, on my own lived experiences and, and uh, the ways in which I have tried to avoid it. And then obviously the ways I um, have engaged in it. Um, so, yeah. 
So I think that that's something that's recent too, like this term of mm-hmm. toxic masculinity. A lot of people haven't didn't really know anything mm-hmm. about it. Um, I mean, we've experienced it, you know, on, but I think that it has been more of a trending topic that has been become more popular, mm-hmm. I guess, on yeah. social media. And so what have been some of your personal experience, you believe, where you fell into sure. that category or kind of experience throughout your journey? In yeah, life? yeah, yeah. I think I, I would agree with you. I think it is. Uh, I mean, it's definitely um, a new term to me. I think, you know, growing up, um, you know, terms like being male and being man and or being manly or being a man, you know, those were those are kind of uh, terms to, I guess, pump one up. But um, but yeah, toxic masculinity is definitely something new that um, that I've come to, and it does seem to be, you know, part of um, kind of mass and pop pop culture now, uh, more so than it than it was um, even maybe just five years ago. Um, and yeah, my own personal experiences. Oof, that's a that's a big question. Um, you know, I think it's it's come about in a myriad of different ways. You know, I think, um, you know, I think in, in a lot of ways, you know, I was, it's definitely something that I, I learned. Um, and interestingly, I think I don't ever think I ever really felt comfortable with it. Um, but I think, you know, one personal experience I think I can easily go to is, um, when I was younger, probably, you know, anywhere between 10 and 12 years old. Um, I was playing, um, doing some sport, something athletic with my older brother and I, I hurt myself. Um, and you know, my, my eyes started to water cause I was in pain and, and, and I, you know, I was going, getting ready to cry. And, and, um, my brother cut in and said, you know, don't, don't you dare cry. And, you know, you gotta be a man and toughen up and, um, and I think, so that was one of the, one of the, my earliest experiences, I think, with this notion of toxic masculinity, where, you know, I was being told and instructed, um, that like connecting and being connected to my emotions is a bad thing. Um, and that I just need to be tough, if that makes sense. No, it does. <laughs> we, we were, uh, me and my bishop and um, his family kind of escaped from mm. Florida during mm-hmm. the hurricane, um, I think it was like two years ago. And we're having a conversation with um, his son-in-law about his two-year-old mm. uh, son. So this is his grand grandson, mm-hmm. obviously. And um, he fell and his father was saying, "Get like, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah, get up. Like, you know, like tell him to you know, mm-hmm. roughing up or like whatever he was saying. And we all were just looking at him. Like, I'm not going to say we all, all of sure. the women were looking at him and was like, what do you mean? He's yeah, two. Totally. <laughs> like, I'm like, is he not supposed to feel? He was like, oh, well, you know, there's just certain things that my son is going to learn and it has to be mm-hmm. from a man. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> we had a whole down hard discussion nice about how that's wrong he's like yeah. two what is he supposed sure. to do like he doesn't even understand this conversation mm-hmm. that we're having 
you know, poor thing. He's like crying in his mom's lap, and his his dad grabs him and he's like, "Give me my mm. son." Like what? Like what does that mean? So that is something that still happens to yeah. this day. Like we, I mean, I've experienced it seeing like you know other young boys. Um, in different settings where fathers are like man up you know you have to be a man and I'm like what does that mean yeah, exactly totally. so I completely yeah. understand well, that and, and, and to add to it too because I think you know someone might think of this and be like well you were 10 so why you know why is that so impactful um, but you know when I when I think about that moment um, it's interesting because I think you know I to be honest I haven't cried deeply since then um probably wow. less than, I mean, definitely less than, than I could count on both my hands, but potentially even less than I could count on one hand. Um, and that's, you know, that's, that's 30 years running. Um, but that was like the power of that. Um, yeah. One that experience. one experience. Yeah. In, 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 but I also think it has something to do with that being your older yeah, brother. Definitely. You know, that's definitely. your older brother. He, you're, you're assuming he mm-hmm. cares about mm-hmm. you that that's their role as, you know, your older brother to look out for you, to protect you, to yeah. teach you. Well, I want to so, be cool too. To a child. You know? <laughs> yeah, you know, right, right. So it's like all those factors. It's like, yeah, I want to be like, my mm-hmm. brother's cool. Like, people look up to him. They like, you know, I want to yeah. hang out with him. So we don't really think about, yeah, I could see that. I can definitely yeah. see that. Wow. So it is, it's not like, your brother was doing it, um, you know, with the intentions of you not crying 30 years later. You know what I'm saying? I don't, I I definitely don't think that that was his intention, but that was the impact Mm -hmm. that it had, not knowingly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And and, and, and that's the thing. I think with a lot of this stuff, it's, it's very much learned, you know, so he had received that message at some point in time himself, you know, um, and deemed that, you know, worthy of, of, you know, passing down and replicating. So, Right. I think that um, I can see both sides of what men have been taught from generation to generation, especially based on like historical Mm -hmm. factors, you know, um, you don't want to appear weak, Mm -hmm. you know, when it comes to the battlefield or, or you being around your family and being unable to protect them or to, you know, to be that type of quote unquote Mm -hmm. man for the people that you're around. So I understand, I guess what they were trying to do or like, you uh know what I'm saying? Yeah, no. And I, I mean, I think, I think that argument does have some validity with regards to, yeah, just the daily, um, the, the daily struggles that, um, that black men go through with regards to, um, you know, the racialized oppression and things like that and class-based stuff and gender-based oppression that, that men experience. Um, but I think what, what, what's interesting about that argument is that um, I think it ends up basically stating that like men need to be strong at the, um, at the expense of the, of our personal connection with our own emotions if that makes sense. Right. So like, Ooh. you know, like it, yeah. <laughs> and thank you. <laughs> um, and, and, and so, I, and I don't think that those two are mutually exclusive, right? Like I can, 
go out into my community and do the things I need to do to protect myself from, um, you know, whatever it is I experienced. Um, and then also, um, you know, be an ally, um, you know, to my sisters and, and, and aunties and whatnot. Um, but that doesn't mean I can't be, um, you know, deeply connected to my emotional self. Um, because I think, you know, something you said earlier just made me think of this notion of like, you know, if I can't recognize my own emotions and, and deal with them, then how can I support other people in doing that? Um, so, so, yeah. Wow, those are two very powerful things you just said. And my listeners know when I pull out my notepad, <laughs> it is time to take some notes, y'all. Listen, wow, that's crazy. I had never thought about it mm. in that way. I mean, I'm not a man. <laughs> I grew up in a house okay. with four boys and uh, my father. So I grew up with sur really surrounded mm -hmm. by men. And so I think maybe that's the reason why I'm so inclined to have this series and to have these conversations mm. because I've seen the evolution of yeah. my brother cool. from being young punk <laughs> kids to being teenagers mm -hmm. to, you know, dating and, you know, oh my goodness, I have sure. stories to tell, sure. you know, so I'm able to identify with now this new term of, you know, toxic masculinity. I'm like, oh Lord, <laughs> I, just, I, like, I, <laughs> I have yeah. seen it. I have seen it. I have it. I have been on the receiving end of it, like, you know, not with the intentions of being, you know, hurtful, but like, you know, I, I'm saying I had a front row mm -hmm, seat. For sure. <laughs> so, but I had never thought about it in that way of a man giving up his emotional health at the expense of being mm -hmm. a protector. Yeah. Mm -hmm. A provider. Yeah. Wow. That's a really unique perspective. Yeah, I mean, I can't, I can't say I own that. <laughs> I got, I gotta, I gotta <laughs> give that one up to, um, you know, to, to really good friends of mine, um, and also to um, uh, black female scholars who, um, you know, I've been reading um, as a part of my, as a part of my scholarship towards getting my degree. Um, yeah, I love it. I love it. You, I, I, you what, oh my goodness, I love this. I'm getting the chills, you guys. These are such great. Because you don't understand. You know, for a very long time, I think this, and you know what? My brother actually, one of my brothers, I can't say my brother because I have mm -hmm. five of them. But one of my brothers, um, his name is Peter, and I have been dying to get him on this podcast, but he's just mm. not that type. You know, but he mentioned something about his thoughts of the feminist movement use utilizing toxic masculinity to be able to demasculate men hmm. so not that we're going to really spend too much time on it but I do want to hear your thoughts on that but the reason why I'm asking is because there are a lot of women especially listening to this series who assumed that it was going to be male bashing uh, sure. like you know like <laughs> oh, like, let me yeah. tell you, there are some upset people oh, yeah. <laughs> in my DMs hmm. right now and was like, oh, my gosh, you're creating a platform that's, you know, making excuses for them hmm. and, you know, so yeah. on and so forth. And where I feel like it's really been causing a division between, you know, 
us as men and women coming together to be able to unify and to do great mm-hmm. things together. And so hearing a lot of the men that's coming on this podcast saying like, you know, I owe a lot to the women that I was mm-hmm. around. You know, you just mentioned you listening to black women mm-hmm. scholars throughout your program that has really helped you to be able to kind of, this is beautiful. Mm-hmm. This is really beautiful. And I'm sorry, ladies, that's not the type of series, okay? <laughs> you can go listen to someone else's podcast, but we're trying to be progressive here. And so what are your thoughts when you, like, hear the idea of, like, you know, the feminist movement and their agenda to possibly demasculate men with this um, in particular topic as far as toxic masculinity? Is sure. Um yeah, this that's yeah. This is a this is a big question. I think that comes up because, um, especially now, um, as a part of actually um, my studies, I've I've had to I've yeah I guess kind of had to and 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 or been heavily encouraged to read particular um, black male scholars who who make that argument that um, you know the feminist movement is about you know it's anti man. Um, it's all about, um, just bashing men and to assert, you know, and then there's this assertion of like men's rights and things like that. And, um, there are also notions of like black toxic masculinity doesn't exist and for black men and, or there's no black male privilege, things like that. Um, and I, I mean, I think there's, there's a lot of nuance that has to be taken in to consideration when thinking about like the feminist movement, because historically from, from what I understand, um, you know, there's, um, there's been kind of what's been understood as traditionally like the feminist movement. And that has, I think, been predominantly a white female middle-class movement. Um, and, um, you know, serving the particular needs of that group. Um, and then there have been women of color who have been pressing for um, particular rights. Um, and um, I mean, I'll give you my understanding of the women of color that I've read. Um, and I know some folks have probably um, understood it differently. Um, but the, the women of color that I've read, um, you know, they are centered and focused around um, black women and women of color. Um, and, and, the women I, I think I'm reading think expansively of that notion of being, um, being a woman. So, you know, it, it's inclusive of uh, trans folks and LGBT um, population. Um, but, um, but yeah, like I, I've never under, I've never read say like the black feminist movement as being anti um, male Um I've, I've understood the black feminist movement as being um, understanding that it takes like the entire black community um, to engage in um, this fight against our collective oppression. Um, while at the same time, you know, they're calling out the particularities of the oppression they experience um, the particular ways in which gender is leveraged against um, black women and has been. Um, you know, since, um, you know, essentially 1619, um, when the first slaves arrived in Virginia and things like that. Um, so I, I don't, to be honest, I, I don't really understand that argument that, 
that like that that the feminist movement, black feminists in particular, because those of those are the scholars that I've read, um, that they in particular are um, are anti men, if that makes right. sense. Yeah, yeah, I think it's more so in pop culture. Yeah, where well, I mean, that's I... like a thing where you know they talk about how men aren't crap and you know, yeah, like that. Well, and I mean, <laughs> I think in music more than anything. That's why I yeah. said pop culture. So yeah, you hear sure. that a lot in music, um, where they they refer, refer to men as like dogs and I mean, you know, it's a whole bunch of yeah, things. yeah. Well, I mean, I, I would argue too, though that that I mean, for every maybe one track <laughs> where a man is being called a dog, I mean, you can probably find half a dozen tracks where um you know black women are being dogged out themselves right um and and it but the you know it's interesting because i mean there's like like in thinking about this notion of toxic masculinity like you know like i like no matter how you know woke or whatever i <laughs> work to be you know um no matter how 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 much work I put in to connect with um, my emotional self, with my mental self, with my um, spiritual self, like that that seed of toxic masculinity was planted right, like really long ago. Right. And so I'm always kind of working against that in a way. Um, and and so I'm not like I would also just like folks who are like no, that stuff's just man hating. Like, well, like, you know, look at, look within ourselves. I think men, we need to look within ourselves to understand that like, while maybe like we haven't recently directly engaged in the particular behaviors that are being called out, there are ways in which we supported it. Um, there are ways in which we might've um, silenced others around speaking out. Um, and I, and I know that's, you know, one of your questions you have for me is that, you know, like, is this conversation happening amongst my guy friends? And I mean, one, I, I don't really hang out with a lot of guys. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I mean, for, in, to, for, to a certain extent, for those reasons, right? Like I found, um, the particular circles I ended up running in, um, were, had a particular amount of toxicity. Um, uh, but then also to call myself out, like, I also wasn't standing there and like stepping up and being like, Hey y'all, like that's, that's jacked up. That's, yeah. this is wrong. And, 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 you know, not that I need to get on a soapbox and start preaching, but like, but I think that those sorts of things are important. Right. It's, it's the same similar thing with like white folks and racism, right? Like if a white person witnesses a racist act and does nothing, they're just as much a part of it right as the person who engaged in the act so you know as a as a guy or as you know somebody who identifies um as male and as and, and as masculine like like those are the interventions um that need to be made um if i'm gonna really hold myself up as someone who's like against this if that makes sense right yeah no yeah that is one of the conversations i think um well, we hear or have experienced what the male conversations are based on, um, you know, movies about barbershops, 
Mm. we see or hear, you know what I'm saying? Like the conversations that take place or just growing up, we heard conversations about like what guys talk about. Mm -hmm. And normally they're talking about women Mm -hmm. or what politics, sports, I'm not sure, getting money. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not not sure. And I'm just throwing some ideas out there so you can kind of let me know what happens in the in in these bromances or sure, sure. like you know in the guy guy cold. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think yeah, I mean, I think it it yeah, it runs the gamut. I mean, I, I don't think it's any more or less than what other folks are going to talk about, you know, with regards to hitting on um, relationships, um, you know, intimate and sexual, um, relationships, but then also, yeah, like politics, sports. Um, and I, and to be honest, I think like the, the men that I keep in touch with the most and, or just have, um, an affinity for are those are the guys that I feel like I can actually like go a little bit deeper with. Um, if that makes sense, like I'm not, I mean, yeah, well, it's like, it's great to be like, oh, did you catch the game? How are the playoffs going? And blah, 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 you know, um, like, I, you know, to be honest, like for myself, like I'm, I'm, I'm up for something deeper than that. Right. Um, and without, you know, and, and then, and this is a part of, I think, toxic masculinity, but I'm, I'm up for those deeper levels of relationships with other men um, without fear of, you know, um, being called you know quote unquote gay right or you know that 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 dangerous uh line of thinking that can come along with that um but um but yeah so i think yeah but but yeah the the conversations about women i think you know when i was growing when i was younger um say like in my 20s and 30s um yeah it was i mean yeah, I can't, I, I, I can't recall a conversation, you know, where we were like, oh, you know, like talking about, you know, how to give and receive feedback in relationships, right? Or, um, right. you know, having, um, you know, we, you know, even simply talking about consent, you know, like I can't really recall um, those types of conversations, um, you know, but, you know, that, that, that can and not consent just once, right? <laughs> um, right. But the, that can that continual seeking of consent, um, yeah, just to yeah, um, just to make sure, um, yeah, communication is being had, and and, and folks are um, willing to engage in the ways in which um, you know I'm seeking to. I think, like, um, in regards to like the conversations that men have. Mm-hmm. like men desire those intellectual conversations like those deeper conversations it's not always like surface level things mm-hmm. like women or like politics and sports like what would you consider like a deep topic like talking about what yeah. what, what would those be well to be honest I mean I think um, you know I think for men I mean just like witnessing and maybe admitting that we experience more than just um, anger and happiness, you know, Um, and, and labeling those things, you know, and, and, you know, and being okay with just being like, yeah, that was really hard. I felt really sad. Um, Not that, you know, not that we have to dwell in that and, um, or anything like that, but, 
you know, I think just acknowledging that those things exist for us, you know, um, because I think we're, at least I know the messages I, I was taught at a young age, right? Like the story I just told about my brother, like, you know, crying is not something, quote unquote, men do, you know? Um, so that, to me, that, that cleaves off or just erases a whole chunk of other emotions um, as well. Um, and, um, and so, yeah, so I think, and I would agree with you. I, I, would, I would venture a guess that like, most, if not all men seek that kind of, that type of dialogue. Um, but the way it comes out, you know, like we punch each other <laughs> right? mm-hmm. instead right, of like right. giving each other a hug, you know, yeah. and we, you know, we smack each other instead of just like looking at each other in the eye and being like, Hey, I, I appreciate you. And I, and these are the things I appreciate, right? right. Um, those sorts of things. What do you believe these toxic traits stem from? Is it like a cultural thing? Do you think it was just something that was just taught behavior? Yeah. I, yeah. I was, I was looking at that question kind of hard. And yeah. It gave me some pause because I mean, I, I've heard of those like kind of cultural debates. Well, this is just how black men are. Right. Like, and, and you know, you, you kind of brought it up at the beginning with regards to, um, you know, the ways in which we need to perform in society, right, Um, as a way to um, support our loved ones, whether it be, you know, in terms of like, the things we might need to do on a job in order to get through that job to make our money, blah, blah, blah. Um, And I'm of the mind that the majority of this stuff is taught, this is not like innate um, behavior for anyone and that this is stuff that um, was taught and, um, and, you know, in, like we talked about a little earlier as well, like, you know, certain lessons get dropped, right? So it's, it's be strong, but then that becomes the message like a hundred percent of the time, right? Like that becomes just the way to be instead of having those conversations that like pick out the nuance. Okay. Like you're going to want to be strong here but make sure you find those spaces to be, you know, quote unquote soft later on as a way to have balance in your life, as a way to connect more with um, loved ones and things like that. Um, so I'm of the mind that it's, that it, that it's uh, more, um, what do they Pass call it? Down behavior. Yeah. 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 It's more um, nurture, not nature. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So do you have any like, role models because one of the questions that got submitted through our social media was like Mm -hmm. who are guys role models do they have like any men role models or do you have any like men role models it's a good question so um i was kind of laughing when (laughs) when i read that question (laughs) so i was like "Hmm, uh, i know like literally every guy that i've asked is like hmm that's a actually a really good question yeah i you know in terms of so i mean i think you know sure i probably i had some growing up um but in terms of who i am trying to be and who i want to always be be or who i want to become um not that it's a a destination necessarily but a process um 
I'm, I'm not sure if I'm, I'm, ex I'm, I'm being exposed to those kinds of, of men, if that makes sense. Um, I'm also very disconnected from social media. Like I don't, I got rid of my Facebook in January and I don't have like Instagram or Twitter or anything like that. So I'm not like connected to, I guess, society in those ways where I might be able to be exposed to more people, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Right. So, um, I, there are, there are people, um, I do like to, um, I do like the way they think. Um, and these are, you know, and, and again, like I'm coming from academia, which is, um, a good and bad thing. Um, and that would be a whole other podcast for us to do. <laughs> um, but there, you know, there are particular folks that I've read, um, who, um, I, I try to take into consideration the time and space and place in which they were writing. Um, because, you know, like WB Du Bois, right. He's writing at the turn of the century and early century and, and, uh, sorry, the turn of the uh, 19th into the 20th century. And, um, you know, I mean, he says some, he says some problematic things. Um, and he says some really great things. Um, and I think you can, you can find that in a lot of different authors. And so, you know, I think as far as role models, there isn't like one person I would be like, follow that, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> follow that person. Um, I, I think, you know, I think for me, um, it's been about doing a lot of, you know, my own self-reflection, doing a lot of reading um, and, you know, not reading just from one perspective, right? Trying to read um, across different positionalities and identities um, as a way to understand how and where other people see themselves and place themselves. And then that'll, that helps me kind of better triangulate how I want to be in the world. Um, there are some, I mean, I could, I could give a, a quick shout out to a podcast. I don't know if, <laughs> I don't know if that's a uh, competition. Or no, um, but there there's is only uh, one bloom line. So it's okay. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. Um, there is a one, there's one podcast I've really enjoyed um, called the black guy who tips. Um, and um, this is a, um, black cisgender heterosexual couple um and um the husband on the show um is somebody um you know i don't i don't think i've agreed with a hundred percent of the time but I, I i would venture a guess it's probably upwards to 85 percent or more um and you know i think we're actually plus or minus the same age by like a year or two um and but uh but yeah i've really enjoyed just um, the ways in which he talks about like manhood and troubles, these notions and g goes into like, yes, toxic masculinity exists. Like this is how it exists. Um, and, you know, and, you know, and kind of breaks it down. And um, so I've, I've enjoyed um, his dialogue and then their, their kind of their dialogue together around that stuff. And not that they only focus on toxic masculinity, uh, right. but they, it's but they do. Yeah, but they do call it out, right, when um, they cover it on the various topics um, that, they, that they have. So, yeah. Um, and, and, you know, I, and, and that's the thing also with role models is it's, it's tricky kind of deeming a role model because I think 
the ways in which I was taught to understand role models is like, they're almost infallible. <laughs> and it's like, right. nah, like, I don't, so I, I kind of shy away from that word altogether. Right. right. Um, because I want to witness someone's um, ability to do and be different, especially if they kind of talk out the side of their mouth sometimes <laughs> and get themselves in trouble. So Right. Okay, so I'm glad you brought up the podcast because uh, they're a married couple. So I know mm-hmm. that you are also married. Well, I'm 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 partnered, not married, but not okay. So yeah. sorry. Yeah. Well, you're in there a committed relationship. Yes, that is true. Okay, so you being in a committed relationship mm-hmm. um, has how has like the ideals of what a quote unquote man is trickled into your relationship. It's hmm, a good question. I think to be honest, it's, it's a lot of it has to do around um, emotional labor. Um, and my um, lack there uh, in, in terms of taking responsibility and, and accountability for whatever it is, whatever my load is to carry. Um, so, and that's something, you know, I'm struggling with it. Like, right now as we speak at 11 59 on <laughs> mountain standard time <laughs> um you know it's um it's 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 definitely i think it yeah i think it's definitely one of those areas like a, a really big and glaring area for me um in terms of like that traditional quote-unquote man um label is like you know i don't i don't typically start those conversations right around what it is I'm feeling and thinking um you know my partner uh you know it she ends up you know witnessing a a slight change or shift in my behavior the way I'm talking and then she has to inquire right um and in, in a sense I'm forcing her to to do that work of hey what's going on hey are you okay you know what I mean um, instead of me just, you know, sharing in that creation of that, that space where we can talk. Um, so I think that's probably the most, um, glaring bit, um, where I, where I am a quote unquote man in our relationship. Um, and, and yeah, I think it, it, it seems tiring (laughs) for her. Yeah. Um, not just for her yeah well, <laughs> for every other woman out there <laughs> yes who got a uh, who's got to do the digging teeth. oh yeah. my goodness yeah um and you know and, it, and it's 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 interesting because you know i i mean there there i have an awareness of it right and i can talk about it and even when i'm sitting with her sometimes in my head I'm like I should be talking out loud right now you know and I (laughs) and I still don't um that's hilarious yeah ladies just so you know they like in their mind they're saying I know what I should be doing but I'm just gonna choose not to see that you guys just saying so yeah no and it's and it's a struggle I mean you know, there were a whole lots of messages um, that I received, you know, around um, my emotions and um, essentially how not to share them. Um, 
you know, and it and there was, and you know, the, the one I told about my brother, that was like a, a very explicit message. Um, but you know, there's, there's, there's also the implicit, right. Where like, I've got a father who um, doesn't really talk much about himself, let alone his emotions, you know? Um, and so I'm, as a young boy, I'm, I'm sitting there witnessing um, an older male, um, you know, get angry at things um, and show joy. Um, and that is about it. Right. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of sitting there learning, okay, these are the range of emotions that are okay. Right. Um, and, uh, and so, yeah, so it's this constant thing that, um, you know, like it's, you know, I, I would, I would like to think that like my ability to sit there and know that I should be doing something right. Like that's one of those steps towards actually doing it. Right. Um, so maybe, maybe, yeah, I don't know. Hopefully. So maybe, maybe in six months, I'll, I will have oh, like made geez. that next leap, if you know what I mean. Let's uh, hope so. We're going to keep yeah. you in prayer because yeah. <laughs> because it's like, um, I think there's a lot of women who kind of are on my side of like, okay, I get it. I understand. Mm-hmm. I'm not in your shoes, but I know how difficult it is to like mm-hmm. be open and vulnerable and share like your emotions and things like that. Like, mm-hmm. but I think it's like, okay, how can I work with you? Can you meet me at yeah. least? Totally. Like, you don't even have to meet me at fifty percent. I will meet you at at least thirty. Yeah. I just need you to get to thirty. Like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely. Like, no, I-, I just just get there and I will come yeah. like it's okay like I think for women we have been taught like you know it's okay that's what women do we're emotional mm-hmm. share your emotions let everybody yeah. you know in tell them whatever like you know it's okay let, let her cry let her cry she'll be okay she'll get over mm-hmm. it like you know even yeah. in that aspect so it's kind of like we're we know how to be emotional yeah and yeah. so if you kind of just meet us at 30, we mm-hmm. can help you get to 50. You know, all I, need, yeah. I just need you to be at 50. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> now, but it's, I can definitely see how, um, like, even from age, you know, these are the examples that you had where yeah. dad was just a provider. He wasn't very emotional at all, like having those conversations with your dad, if your dad was like open and having those conversations, you would mm-hmm. have been more prone to be doing that in your circle of friends and your circle yeah. of men. Yeah. But your dad wasn't really like that. But there are also some women who are saying those are excuses. Yeah. Because there are other men who didn't have a men role model, but those men were actually raised by women, uh, you know, who taught them how to be Mm-hmm. you know so where was your mom during this time do you feel like um your mom just left like your upbringing as a quote-unquote man to your dad did you mm-hmm. guys kind of have those conversations or no <sighs> that's a good question so so yeah i it's definitely um well and yeah let me let me let me step back for a second because i think i'm what i like when i talk about this and when i think about this um you know, I'm trying to, I think, unpack where 
my behaviors kind of um, grew from. Um, Cause like I was saying, it's, it, this is something that I learned. So it's something that I can unlearn too. You know what I mean? Right. Um, and I think, you know, it's interesting, like, um, and it'd be interesting. I, I, I should definitely have this conversation with my parents at some point. Cause you know, from what I remember of um, my mom, there was, um, there weren't a whole lot of conversations around, emotions necessarily um and you know in in the ways in which you described where you know i didn't ever necessarily receive those that kind of counter message where where it's like no this is okay to do right it's okay to cry it's okay to um do do x y and z um so take this with a grain of salt because this is my story not my mother's (laughs) right Right. (laughs) um and but and i and i remember i remember a lot of guilt around emotions um coming from my mother to be honest with you um so like the fact that i didn't freely and consistently tell her that i loved her you know i, I always felt like there was um guilt when she would ask me about those things right like i would be guilted into um, telling her that I love her because, you know, she felt bad, um, that I hadn't been saying that. And now she wonders whether or not I do. I was also just a bit of a, a troublemaker, at least within my household. I think I <laughs> lied the most and I pushed back against um, the most against what my parents were trying to do in terms of raising us. Um, so I think there was also that, um, you know, sense of like, does he like, and, and, you know, what my mom might equate to love, right? Like, if I love her, then I wouldn't be doing those things, potentially, um, when that wasn't necessarily here nor there. Um, right. I think I was trying to communicate other things, um, not I don't love you. Um, but, um, but yeah, you know, so, so I think for my mom, though it's interesting. So I say that, but also, like, my mom has always been the one that has always held a door open to conversation period um so with my dad it was just very like you know i'm there to be seen not heard sort of thing um and you know he comes in as the disciplinarian um maybe we go out and throw the baseball in the yard um you know maybe you know we go out and and grab ice cream or something like that um but my mom was always the one, you know, she maybe not as comfortably as I would have appreciated it, but she was always the one to make sure that I knew that um, conversation was always possible with her. And I still feel that to this day, like she's the one I talk to the most um, of my parents um, about, I mean, almost, almost everything. I mean, I won't lie and <laughs> say I have this like wildly open relationship Um, but, um, but yeah, she always definitely made me feel safe in at least saying something, if that makes sense. That's good. Yeah. How, I know that, um, clearly you just said you don't really say I love you Mm -hmm. a lot. Is that something that obviously in your current relationship? that has been an issue you're are you like the romantic type not very expressive at all 
Um, so yes, <laughs> I mean, I think I can be very sweet, um, but I won't really use words necessarily. Right. Um, like, um, I'll, it, it's mostly action, right? Like I'll, um, you know, I'll notice a certain amount of, um, sadness, right. That my partner might be experiencing based on something or, or whatnot. And so, you know, I'll, I'll walk over and just give her that extra squeeze and look her in her eyes and, and, and breathe with her even. Um, but I won't necessarily say anything. Um, and so, so yeah, I, I tend to convey it mostly in actions. Um, and so I think I, I, I can be, um, very sweet. Um, and to the point where like it's it it has been foreign for her at times based on her own previous experiences and relationships um and you know she'll ask me like why are you so sweet i'm like oh i'm just you know i'm just doing what i think uh, how i would like to be treated in these moments when i'm feeling sad or or you know um or something um but yeah i don't i don't vocalize i'm still like working on my ability to to vocalize um yeah, what it is, like, I'm thinking and feeling. That's interesting. Is it, um, because that's more, like, physical touch versus, like, verbal communication. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For her, she likes verbal communication, but is weird when you do, like, the physical. Sweetness. Oh, like, sorry. No, well, so she, she likes, she, she likes, she enjoys both. Oh, okay, he's like, why uh, yeah. are you so sweet? I'm like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, no, so, the, yeah, so, sorry, that, that, that is connected more towards, like, previous experiences she's had yeah, with okay. men who, you know, responded to her very differently in those moments. Um, so, yeah, no, she's, she's very much, like, physical touch and um, verbal communication are both um, high on her list, um, and I tend to provide more of the the physical touch and kind of um yeah the proximity sort of thing you know i'll move closer towards her yeah but you just cannot say anything yeah my my tongue is tied um (laughs) which is like which is really interesting because um uh for what this is worth i'm also a therapist (laughs) oh my god listen <laughs> okay, so that I did not know. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So, yeah. So so a lot of times I'll be honest, like, you know, I'm I'm sitting there in session and um, you know, while I definitely reserve that those moments and times for my client, um, yeah, I very much recognize the like I'm I am on a journey myself, right? Um and wow um, yeah yeah well you know everybody is going through their own little personal journey and yeah it's good that you're able to identify it um but it, it also lets me know that like it's really based on the person mm-hmm. if you want to get better you will you know because it doesn't yeah. matter what you do for a living because clearly you know, you're a therapist and can help other people get through those things. But if it's yeah. not something that you choose for yourself, then it's something that will never really happen. So yeah. that just yeah. goes for the listeners. <laughs> it doesn't matter what you do, all this good advice you be giving your friends. 
If yeah, you if don't you're apply not... it to your own self, if you're not open to your own personal growth, it would never happen for you. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, and I mean, I, you know, and I know I've known of and know therapists who are alcoholics, right? Who are uh, womanizers and things like that, you know. And it's, um, yeah, it's interesting. Like it, yeah, it doesn't matter what you're, what you, what you're doing for work, um, if you're not doing the work on your own, um, for sure, for sure. Mm, uh, wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was I was not expecting you to say that. <laughs> I mean, not that it not that it really makes a difference. Yeah. But it's just like wow, like you have all the tools. Like what yeah. poor baby, your your mm-hmm. partner. I'm like, oh, I wanna interview her. I wanna can you like, go grab her for two seconds and ask her any <laughs> No, because I think that it's important that we like learn how to be there for you mm-hmm. guys like there's uh i guess a level of patience that um a lot of women that i've been experiencing with this series that they just don't have anymore and yeah. i'm just like that's, that's because you're wasting time with the wrong guy like you know <laughs> it's like once you get a really good guy that they just seem like you can tell you know when a dude is like a good guy he just Mm. has been through some things just like you've been through some things so you Mm. guys kind of have to have patience and and be willing to work through some stuff like you know but yeah well i don't 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 have no patience they're just like oh i got no time to be building up another man for another woman and blah 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 (laughs) and i'm like what yeah (laughs) The, well, the and, conversations and have been very interesting. Yeah. Well, and I think, and that's, and those are two different things, I think, as well. Like that patience and then, you know, doing that labor to build someone up. Right. Cause I think, um, I, cause I get the lack of patience. I mean, um, I mean, if I had been dating myself for the last <laughs> 10 years, I don't think I would have much patience anymore either. Um, and, and, you know, and I think, and I think it's, I think it's, it, it would, it, it does a disservice to, um, to black women. It does a disservice to women in general um, uh, or whoever, you know, we choose to date. But as black men, if we're constantly relying on our partners to push or not push, but encourage us to engage in that work, um, then I don't, I don't know if we're ever truly going to get anywhere. Right. Like, cause this is all stuff to a large extent that like I've been doing on my own, if that makes sense. Like, um, because I'm not sure, you know, I, I don't know if, if someone were having to like constantly encourage and push and like pull me to in this direction, I don't know if I would, be as willing to go there if I hadn't recognized it within myself that I want to change those things. Right. Um, then you would be like, as as far as like a woman would be nagging, trying to change me, trying yeah. to make me do things I don't want to do. So yeah, I think that's where it comes in. Where yeah. when you, you're in a relationship, you're dating someone, you hear those words, mm-hmm. it's like, okay, gotta go. Because yeah, you're a person who's obviously trying to help them grow become more and when the person says that they're not into that you gotta 
Yeah. Yeah. And if, and if it feels like nagging, then Mm -hmm. I would argue that maybe neither of those people should be in that space. Right. Um, Because I think there's, there's one thing, right. To like give feedback, right. To a partner and be like, Hey, you know, when you did this, I really enjoyed it. Hey, like I'd appreciate if you could do this more and then waiting for their response. Um, But if it's like, every day you feel like you kind of have to be um, that teacher or that parent, then like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't sound like um, a pleasant experience at all. Yeah. I mean, I mean, to give, I mean, um, my part, I mean, we've, uh, my partner and I had, have had a couple of like really difficult and very serious conversations, um, which, revolve around her questioning whether or not it's been it's it's worth her time and effort to even stay with me right Mm. um because she's like this like i've been giving you feedback and like i patient you know yeah 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 and and, right she gives me that feedback yeah because she does love me and she hopes that i can do better um and luckily there have really only been maybe two or three of those conversations over the last year and a half. Right. Um, so my, my sense is that, okay, I'm, I'm at least showing some um, flexibility, right. In terms of my own behavior um, by accepting her feedback and trying to do differently. Um, but, um, but yeah, I think if, if it were like an everyday thing for her, she would have been gone. Yeah, you would have been Long gone ago. too. <laughs> yeah, well, I would have been here being like, I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, now that we kind of segued into, you know, the, my last question, you sure. know, I don't want to hold you for too long, but um, when it comes to you, like your journey of healing, mm-hmm. and um, what are some of the things that you have been doing? Like you say, you recognize in mm-hmm. areas in which you can grow, but like, what have you been doing on a personal level? Yeah. You mentioned that, like, this is something that you've personally kind of been working on. Mm-hmm. I know, like, self love is not terms that men, quote unquote, use. Yeah. But like, what has that kind of journey been like for you? Mm-hmm. Um, and what are some things that you've been doing? Yeah. Well, I'll start by saying, like, I, I, I remember and noticed really early on my own uncomfortability with notions of like masculinity and like patriarchy and things like that. Um, but then I also didn't necessarily have an, another path to take. So that, and, you know, that was the only one being shown to me. Um, but so I think I've one, I think what's helped me in terms of my healing journey is that I've always been uncomfortable with it. Right. And so um, when I have come upon and now that I'm like more more aware and now searching things out, um, you know, I think that's been like really key to my engagement in this healing journey, if that makes sense. Um, And and so, yeah, what what has been helpful? Um, I mean, I, you know, like I said, I'm I'm in academia, so I, I, I have been and do read a lot. Um, and, and a part of that reading though, is, is tapping into like how I feel while reading this particular text. Um, and so, 
I remember maybe a year or two into my program, um, you know, I was, I read an article by, um, a black woman or a woman of color. And, I, and then I would read an article, um, by like a white person. And I just, just internally, I knew, like, I just had different feelings when I read those pieces. Um, I, I, I loved the ways in which black women and women of color, um, talked about, um, the particular subject matter, um, and I just did not at all like the way white folks mm. did. Um, so really, it you know, con- it didn't connect. Yeah, yeah, there was. Yeah, definitely. There was a lack of connection. Um, and, and so I think and, and that's all to say, like, you know, I'm, I'm tapping into how I actually feel. Right. I'm not just like, oh, well, this is really interesting information. And maybe I can apply this knowledge later on. Right. I'm I'm, I'm looking at the other side of reading, which is that emotional connection right. um, and understanding. Not that it's just a well-written article. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And it's not just a mental thing. Um, yep. But that reading can be this very deeper level um, activity. Um, and it, like a lot of other things, right? Um, and that's why I kind of started off by saying, like, I've never felt comfortable um, with regards to like what it means to be a man and be masculine and, 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 and be involved in the patriarchy. Um, because that is that initial signal for me to seek out something different, right. Or, or want something different um, and not just walk the path that everyone else is going down. Um, and so, you know, I mean, like as hokey or whatever as this sounds, I mean like yoga um, I got to be honest, has, is like really great. Um, it slows me down. Um, it gets me more connected in that mind body um, sense so I can actually feel um, what I, well, who I am and what I'm doing. Um, and, and, you know, and I use that in social situations. Um, you know, I, res- I respond to my body, like when my body does not feel good around particular discussions or particular spaces and places. Um, I try to respond to that as best I can. Sometimes it's, it's easiest to bounce, um, especially if it's like, um, a numbers thing, you know, if I'm in, you know, living in Salt Lake city, there aren't many of us here. So, you know, if I'm, you know, one or, or two of, you know, a hundred, um, black people or folks yeah. of color in a space i'm just like all right y'all this, this ain't for me I holla at you. Uh, yeah exactly <laughs> um but you know if i'm if i'm in a more um you know what would they you know kind of safe space quote unquote yeah. um where it's you know uh only black folks and or uh, folks of color um you know i'll respond to my uncomfortability though with i'll try to respond with a little bit of language um, and, and push back, um, against some things that are said or ask clarification to see if I understood things correctly. Um, but, um, but yeah, it's just witnessing that I can feel upset. Um, and it's not just anger that is leading to that ups, but maybe I'm, I'm feeling a little sad, right. Um, feeling nervous. Um, I'm feeling more than just, um, happy, or mad. Um, and then what do I do with that? Um, so I think, you know, my healing journey has, has been very, um, 
it's been full of introspection for sure. Um, but then also, you know, trying to um, learn other ways of being and doing um, through the examples um, shown to me in books, but then also, you know, I mean, yeah, the internet for as good and as bad as it is, you know, there are some, um, there's some, I think some positive things going on, um, you know, where I can, I've been able to learn a little bit more deeply about, um, about things like, uh, like queerness, right. Which like, you know, I, I had, had no notions of, um, you know, growing up. Um, but that makes me a little bit more knowledgeable, um, around, um, how I am in the world and, and how I approach people and, and witness other people. Um, so, yeah, I mean, in that, yeah. And sorry, I don't know if I'm kind of talking all over the place. It's, I mean, from like a healing journey, um, I mean, it's just so complex, right? Um, yeah, there's really, I didn't, there really isn't a right or wrong yeah, answer yeah. to it. And it, you can literally go on and on forever because, mm-hmm there's so many variables to yeah. your healing process yeah. and the things that you're do because it's like a lifestyle. So it has to be mm-hmm. integrated into all things that you do, not just yes, one totally. area where you're like, Oh, well, I'm <laughs> yeah. going to do like, no, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> so, I mean, no we doubt, go on yeah. forever and ever and go from the way that you eat to the way that you think, mm-hmm. the things that mm-hmm. you drink from the mm-hmm. people that you're around, the books that you read, yeah, you know yeah. what you do for spirituality, like mm-hmm. learning how to better communicate. So you mentioned like all yeah. those things, mm-hmm. and those are all things that I think everyone has to work on. And I think that's the yeah. reason why there's these types of conversations only hit home with people who are actually doing the work. Mm-hmm. So people who are spectating and saying X, Y, and Z, and like whatever, mm-hmm. it's because they don't understand what it's like to be on a journey of like self healing and yeah like self-mastery so yeah no you mentioned a lot of things okay there's uh, there's also a lot of things that you left out because you keep going like it's not really it's not really a a one answer type of deal but i agree with you so it's it's, all the things you mentioned are are great things yeah well if i could I'd, i'd like to highlight something you just you just said because i think it's um i think it's super huge and maybe one of the most difficult things about um, about being on this journey, but you talked about, um, you know, who I, who I hang out with. Um, and yeah, I've, I've, I've definitely been trimming that list, um, a lot over these last few years. Um, it gets pretty small. Yeah, it does. And, and with that trimming though, like there's loss there, right? Like I have to be willing to just say no to people. Um, and then experience that loss and then deal with that loss. Right. Um, and, and that can be really difficult, I think, because the, I mean, just thinking about my youth and how these um, toxic, toxic masculine uh, behaviors um, were learned. Um, right. Like, like I was essentially just doing what my friends were doing as well. Right. Like, um, or I was just learning from what I was seeing in my environment and, and I don't want to be ostracized, right? Like middle school is hard enough, let alone doing it without friends, right? Like high school, these, 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 these places and spaces are, are difficult enough. And then to do it alone. Yeah. To do it alone. Yeah. Yeah. And, and maybe not necessarily do it alone, but like, 
navigate that that constant searching for a friend group right can be can can sometimes be either a lonely path and or just a difficult one um but i think that that can be really key to these journeys because i can't sit here and have this conversation with you and then as soon as i hang up you know turn on little wayne right and just like (laughs) rock out right like i can't i can't do that consciously and be like no this is totally fine (laughs) (laughs) this these lyrics have no impact on me right yeah no your entire everything just shifts Mm-hmm. And it's not really something that you can explain because I, mm-hmm. I realize that the society that we grew up in is very codependent. Mm-hmm. And so um, when you start to come into who you are as a person, you don't want other people's thoughts in your mind. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you want to become a free thinker. You yeah. want to be able to think for yourself, choose for yourself, to be able to learn for yourself. And mm-hmm sometimes people don't understand that it's like it's not that i value our friendship any less mm-hmm. it's just not, there are some things that i mm-hmm. want to figure out for myself i yeah. want to be able to make decisions for myself like yeah it has nothing to do with you mm-hmm. and our closeness and how much i love you and yeah. and it has well, nothing it to do with that <laughs> i mean it, you know thinking about that vulnerability with, between men right like that could be a place to start, I think, is to be like, hey, like, you know, I'm really struggling with what you are saying and thinking and doing. And, you know, if you want to talk more about this, I'm down. But if you're going to continue to do these things, then like we got to we got to cease to be to be homies, you know. Um, right. And, well, in that sense, of course. Yeah. yeah. If it's like behavior that you're no longer trying to be a part of but Mm -hmm. there is like some things that you know you want to be able to heal or have ownership of your own journey yes yes that's what I mean like in that sense Mm -hmm. I definitely agree with you on that one because it's like okay I no longer because I'm not a person who drinks or who smokes and Mm -hmm. I'm not into all that stuff but a lot of my friends they do I don't Mm -hmm. have anything against it I'm not telling you not to smoke I'm not telling you to drink I'm just letting you know I may not be around as much yeah exactly you get what I'm saying I'm not Mm -hmm. telling you to stop right you also have to respect the fact that I may just not be around yeah the way that you would you would like me to Mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. there's just those things don't interest me and I no longer yeah. even though I've been around it since I was young at this point in my life I just have no interest yeah. I just yeah. I love you but I have <laughs> no interest in being around it yeah. anymore so no doubt. it is what it is but anyways yeah. Yeah. I think we can continue to talk for a, a long time <laughs> yeah. it's been a really great conversation but is there okay. anything you want to leave the men Hmm. with like talk to your brothers right now yeah sure sure um well i mean i think one i think it it would i think it'd be helpful if we all um learned a little bit more about um feminism (laughs) to be honest with you and there are lots of there's lots of nuance to that Um, And I think, you know, when folks talk about feminism, folks tend to only think about the ways in which white women have engaged in it um, and then just apply that 
to all women, um, which I think is a discredit to um, our, our our aunties, our, our grandmothers who have come before us. Um, and I think that there's a, definitely a different um, way of being that they talk about uh, with regards to feminism, and it doesn't involve uh, man-hating. Um, I think that... Um, I think that, you know, we, we are all um, a part of and we are all complicit in some ways in um, toxic masculinity, um, regardless of whether we think we are or not. Um, it's in the air. It's in the water. It's something it's it's a part of that legacy that we were um, that was passed down to us. Um, and that doesn't mean that we are powerless too, though. Right. It, it, we can definitely do do differently. Um, and, you know, and, it, and it's, and it's not, I want to be careful with this, but, but it's not just about doing differently for um, the women in our lives, but it's also about just doing differently for us. Um, I think there's a, there's a large amount of this toxic masculinity that is harmful to ourselves as well. Um, and that, you know, if we can, um, renegotiate our own relationship, um, with ourselves and what we, who we think we are, um, the things that we need and, and who we want to be, um, as men, um, and that in, in being a man doesn't have to be negative anymore. <laughs> um, I think if we can investigate those things, um, I think we can improve our relationships, um, with ourselves, but then also with, with other folks. Um, and again, I could probably say a million other things, but right. I'll stop there. <laughs> and I hope no, that made sense. <laughs> it's, no, it does. Like, I just want men to just feel comfortable in their own skin. Just yeah. be all that you are, not just a part of who you are. Like, yeah. you're not just, like, you know, a provider or protector, someone who's going to beat mm -hmm. somebody up or, like, you know, yeah. you're also someone who um has the ability to nurture their children as well like mm -hmm. there's a soft side to you that you can be yeah. in tune with mm -hmm. that isn't going to be the end of the world like it's no not at all <laughs> yeah it's, it's a part of who you are yeah and i feel yeah. like a lot of men are robbed of that mm -hmm. opportunity to fully be themselves and that's yeah. like when you get mm -hmm. with the right partner that's when you kind of like see that shift and change mm. because they're you know allowing love into their lives in a way that's more so nurturing than yeah well i would i would also encourage men not to rely on or wait for <laughs> partners to do that work for us right yeah. right it, it doesn't always have to be motivated by a yeah. woman. Some men, it, it happens in that way. That's sure. the only way the Lord is able yeah. to get into their heart yeah. is through a woman. But, you know, sometimes I feel like men um, miss out mm -hmm. on the opportunity to yeah. discover who that is. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. So. For sure. Well, this okay. is so great. Thank you, Elliot, <laughs> yeah. for coming Yeah, no, it's on. been my pleasure. I, I hope... Uh, yeah, I'll be interested to to hear um, comments and feedback that you get. Um, yeah, I mean, I, to be honest, I was I was nervous <laughs> to uh, to have this conversation because I definitely have a lot of thoughts about it. Um, and um, yeah, it's tough to try to get it wrapped yeah, up into yeah. an hour. Yeah, well, and it's tricky and it's nuanced. And yeah, and, and 
Yeah, like a lot of things. I mean, there's, um, you know, if you're, yeah, if you're not willing to um, gain an understanding about it, then, um, yeah, it's easily going to be missed and, yeah, the nuance gets lost. So so I appreciate you um, being willing to talk with me (laughs) as well. Yeah, it was awesome. He doesn't have social media, you guys. He is like not a part of this, um, you know, age, I guess. Yeah, he just doesn't have social media, you guys. So you guys can't follow him. Yeah, I live in analog. Maybe I can give them your email. (laughs) Maybe I can give them your email or something. Like, can I put your email in the description box? Like, if people have questions that they can reach out to Um, you. Yeah, I was actually thinking about that. You know, I'll be willing to, um, and with the obvious caveat that, like, you know, like, I I would just hope that someone would approach me with respect, um, and that if you disagree, um, that's totally cool. Um, I'm I'm definitely willing and open to to learn where I can do more and and do better, but I would just appreciate, um, you know, folks, um, yeah, you you know, coming at me with some respect instead of, um, because, you know, I've read comments and I get comments from like my white students and stuff like that. And, um, you know, when it's faceless, people can be, can be brutal. <laughs> yeah, pretty cool. Yeah. They can be um, pretty cool, but you know, it's not something that you have yeah. to do. I was just saying, cause you, you are For a sure. therapist. So because you're in Salt Lake and there are some, a lot of people who actually listen to me that oh, okay. live in Utah, like Provo, and yeah. uh, Richfield and um, mm-hmm. Lehigh, some other places. So I was just saying, like, since that's what you do for for, for mm-hmm. profession, oh, sure. yeah. that maybe that someone might be able to connect with you on a professional yeah. level, not what your yeah. comments. Yeah, I'll come on my Instagram and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. But I'll put I'll put <laughs> in place, okay. But yeah, you can you can <laughs> definitely share my email, and I'm I'm definitely will. Um, definitely interested in connecting with folks about this. Um, Cause yeah, like, you know, it, it, this is a process I'm going through. Um, like I'll never, there's no destination where, you know, um, you know, we'll talk maybe in 10 years, which I'll, you know, and I'll be like, I've arrived. I'm no longer talking. Right. Like um, I'll be constantly <laughs> working, um, working through and, and beyond and with all those lessons I learned and that I'm trying to unlearn. Um, and so I'm always open to, to chatting with people about it and hear their perspectives and share and talk and dialogue. So, um, so yeah, go ahead and throw my, my email in the show notes and, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see what connections happen. All right. Awesome. Well, you guys, that concludes this episode with Elliot Sykes amazing oh my god it's a great conversation i don't want to stop but i have to let the man get back to his life okay so thank you all for listening join us next week for the next episode make sure you follow us on instagram all social media platforms at the bloom line send me emails until next time be good to yourselves be good to each other peace